Welcome back, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference, and thank you for listening to our program here this morning and uh, tuning in on this uh, uh, very surreal morning here in, in Chicago and throughout the country, and for that matter, throughout the entire world, uh, as we deal with this uh, coronavirus that is uh, obviously the subject of much discussion. Um, with us uh, on the line uh, to talk a little bit about that subject and other subjects as well, uh, to introduce you uh, to him, is uh, the new Apostolic Administrator for the Diocese of Joliet, uh, Bishop Richard Pates. Bishop Pates, are you with us? Good morning, Bob. I certainly am delighted to be able to visit with you. Good morning. Good morning. Thanking, thank you for taking so much time to uh, to visit us with uh, to visit with us this morning. Um, and I, I think it's just worth reminding listeners that um, you are the apostolic administrator, which means that you're the acting bishop in the Diocese of Joliet, because uh, unfortunately, Bishop Conlin um, was forced to take a, a leave of absence due to health reasons. And so uh, you were called upon by the by the Vatican uh, to to be to fill that role for the time being. Um, how how is first of all how is Bishop Conlin? Have you spoken to him? And, and any any update on his condition at all? Well, I think uh, the bishop has undergone a considerable testing. He's uh, you know continuing to monitor his health. Uh, that the first diagnosis was that he was fatigued and needed you know a great deal of rest and recuperation. So that's the level he's at right now. We are certainly praying for him and hope for the very best and his, at least from my perspective, his quick return to the diocese here. Yeah, we're all hoping for him. We have a lot to pray for these days, and uh, that will be on our prayer list as well. So uh, I, I, I know um, you were the former bishop in, in just our neighbor to the west, correct? You were in Des Moines. That's correct. And you were there for a number of years uh, serving the people of that diocese, and so you, th- you thought you were uh, sort of in the retired mode. Huh? Tell us what happened. Well, I was in the retired mode and, uh, of course, uh, moved back to the Twin Cities, where I am originally from, because you know, I have a lot of relatives and friends there and also could be of some assistance to Archbishop Hebda, the Archbishop right. of St. Paul in Minneapolis. So I was all settled, and kind of one morning, I uh, was having my uh, leisurely breakfast as a retiree, and the phone rang at about 8 o'clock in the morning. And the other, on the other end was the episode Nuncio, and he just kind of chuckled. He said, you thought you were retired. <laughs> <laughs> and then explained the situation with regard to Bishop Conlon and asked if I would be willing to serve uh, the Diocese of Joliet. And my primary motive in responding yes was to be of service to Bishop Conlon and hopefully to facilitate his, uh, you know, recovery and return to full active ministry here. And it, 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 the Joliet Diocese is uh, one that's considerably, I think, larger than you had in Iowa, correct? It's it's a, it's more, probably more, uh, my perception is, it's probably a more urban diocese than what you were used to. Well, that's correct. It's about, in terms of actual Catholic population, we're at about 165,000 Catholics in Des Moines, and I think uh, here in Joliet, it overs around 700,000. So it's about three times greater, mm. and so, you know, uh, you have this uh, step up in terms of, um, you know, more action, more activity, et cetera, all that sort of thing. So, uh, But it, uh, what I found, it's well-organized. The Good. people are very devoted, uh, they're very active, and have particularly, you know, enjoyed all of my relationships that I've been able to establish so far here in Joliet. 
Do you see um, during your time here, which is unknown how long it's going to last uh, in terms of with Bishop Conlon perhaps coming back? We don't know really what the status of that is. And in your, I take it you're getting around the diocese and getting to know the various parishes and schools and that kind of thing. Is there anything that's, that has struck you that you did not anticipate about being in uh, Illinois, your somewhat rival compared to uh, where you are in Iowa? Well, I think uh, one of the things that, of course, is that I've been extraordinarily uh, pleased and gratified by the warm welcome that has been extended to me and, you know, the appreciation that they have expressed for the uh, time to come here and to, um, you know, help uh, this particular juncture. Uh, That's come more or less across the board. What I'm finding is that, similar to Des Moines, the people have a very strong faith that they're very dedicated to the communities and religion. We have an excellent core of priests and permanent deacons and religious women. And also, you know, we have about uh, five or six religious communities, mm-hmm. religious orders of men and women here. We're also very active. So we didn't have much of the religious men and women in Des Moines, but here you see uh, a real uh, fruitfulness that they bring to the community. Yeah. So all, all that together has been very gratifying. I know you were very active with the Bishop's Conference for a period of time. I think you were head of one of their committees. Uh, that is the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. And um, I, I suppose in your role now, you won't be too uh, submerged in that, 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 that activity. But tell us a little bit about some of the issues that you were involved with when you were uh, in Iowa as part of the Bishop's Conference. Well, as part of the USCCB, I served, you know, um, as the uh, chair of the uh, International Justice and Peace Committee mm-hmm. for the U.S. bishops. They're likely the chairman are elected by the body as, whole, uh, as a whole. And uh, so I had the opportunity to travel during <clears throat> the three years in office as chairman to uh, 23 different countries, um, and primarily those who, you know, were in some sort of a need of support and assistance to the degree that we could uh, do so. And so, you know, we were invited where there were problems uh, um, with the political or church relations, all that sort of thing. And what uh, our purpose was is to support them and provide whatever assistance that we might be able to do. And so, you know, you have such places as South Sudan, Central African right. Republic, um, uh, and I think uh, other countries, you know, Burma. And uh, so that was what we were doing all the time. And uh, also in terms of we were a bit of a liaison with the countries, but also mm-hmm. our, our State Department and the U.S. so we could work as a team to address some of the issues uh, and the information that we were receiving and also to advocate on behalf of some of these countries before our own, um, you know, Secretary of State and out of their outreach. So it was basically trying to deal with some of those issues and questions. And naturally, you know, climate change was a very mm-hmm. significant issue. Establishing relationships uh, with uh, Iran, Cuba, all right. that sort of thing, and the idea is that it's much better to have a strong, positive relationship with those countries than you know to shut them off by a wall or something like that. Right. So, mm-hmm. I'm just curious, you know, kind of making the transition from uh, that topic to the to the topic that we're all just, you know, can't get away from right now, which is the coronavirus and and the ramifications of it. Um, how how are you faring in the Joliet Diocese? What's been your experience so far? Because I, I think you also, um, like the Archdiocese of Chicago, made the decision late in the week to to cancel the public masses in in the various churches. So, uh, how 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 are you faring so far? Well, I think you know it uh, was uh, uh, more or less a shock to our uh, parishioners. Naturally, sure, it's it's a great uh, fast for them, you know, to give up the Eucharist, the Sunday Mass. 
it is only one that he did after a lot of uh, you know handling and worry and concern because the mass is so central to whom we are and our identity. But I think we did a basically a twofold idea that one we need to protect the health of our own parishioners mm-hmm. and in large uh, groups like that where the so-called social interaction is almost unavoidable. And then secondly, for the common good, too, that we should be working in concert with our public officials and other authorities in order to see it goes throughout the community because, uh, you know, the virus is not just uh, uh, to be received by Catholics. But right, by yeah, anybody. <laughs> and, and so that's what our parties are. You know, it raises concerns in other divisions. People are, I think, kind of shocked and disappointed. Yeah. We can have uh, groups of 250 less, and so... That was the case with the um, confirmation that I had yesterday in Kankakee. It was a smaller group. Mm. And then I spoke to them afterwards about, the, you know, the coronavirus. And, you know, the fear was almost palpable. I was really? kind of taken aback as I started to speak to them. And you could see, you know, it just kind of um, grew within the community. And so I think we have to kind of communicate to our people that this will end, that mm-hmm. we, if we take the proper steps, perhaps the United States, was behind the you know the curve in terms of getting it going, but now that we're going, what we're really trying to do is spread is to, you know, limit its uh, spread uh, throughout the country, and so the action that we take today yeah. will have benefit you know two or three or four months from now, and that's oftentimes hard to see. People say, well, I don't have it. My neighbors don't have it. Right. You know, what's the big deal? Right. But you know, then they turn on the TV and see Italy and Spain. And, of course, uh, the whole notion of China was shut down, literally, right. for about six weeks. It just closed its doors. So, you know, it has terrific impact. So what we can do now in terms of, um, you know, closing our churches, and that's the decision I made, Peoria made, Chicago made, mm-hmm. in terms of, well, we're really trying to bring it to a halt right now and taking the proper good and having a little vision as to what we achieve now will benefit the future. And secondly, I just said, we have to trust in God, and our prayer is very important, and we'll make it through together if we, uh, you know, really uh, are considered and work hard to limit it at this point in time. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, and that's 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 the only thing we can do at this stage. Um, I know that uh, I had made the announcement earlier, at least in Chicago, they had, uh, they're putting, they're live streaming masses now um, beginning tomorrow. Um, on the website at the archchicago.org website, and I'm sure the other dioceses will start doing those sort of things. I know my own parish was doing it, so I think you're going to start seeing uh, a number of people access uh, mass to the degree they can um, through those means to get us through this 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 period of time, and hopefully it ends soon. But uh, it seems like from what we're seeing that it, this is not going to be a short thing. I don't know how long it'll go. We have no idea. But uh, I think we need to be vigilant and, and prayerful, like you said. And, and the other thing, too, is I think it's important to urge people to pray, but also to act and to, to seek out if people need assistance, like with groceries or things like that, especially elderly people that can't, can't get out or shouldn't get out, that we should be reaching out to our neighbors. I saw a nice little story in the news in Chicago of a, a young man who put a sign on his like apartment, you know, a high rise apartment window saying, you know, if you need access to food or something like that, I can run out and get groceries for you. So those kind of acts of charity, I think, will get us through this, uh, along with some divine intervention as well. You're right. I think it's uh, extraordinarily important to do that, you know, that or put our faith into action and uh, to and I think, you know, to have the solidarity that is so very important at a time like this across the board. You know, it comes, I think, you know, across the board and across the world. 
that solidarity at this point in time is uh, one of the most uh, characteristics, I think, that really represent ourselves as Christians, that we're really in there for everybody and trying to help them. Bishop Hates, thanks for taking some time this morning on this uh, somber day, I suppose, surreal day. Uh, It's, uh, boy, I'll tell you, I never thought we'd be in this situation, huh? Uh, That's right. And so thanks for taking some time this morning and looking forward to talking with you again and working with you. And uh, we'll keep Bishop Conlon in our prayers as well. Thanks again. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois. Um, Excuse me. We'll be right back. Uh, We'll be talking with Judge Tom Donnelly about a proposal pending in Springfield that he's very involved with. Um, as well as the Catholic uh, Chicago Catholic Lawyers Guild. Sorry, that was a mouthful. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. <laughs> 